Welcome to the Not Remotely, Even a Little Bit Famous Podcast, What Really Chaps My Ass. This is kind of my self-declared safe space for looking at one issue at a time as I see it, explaining why it chaps my ass and what I can do to prevent it from further chapping my ass. And hopefully, I can provide a little levity and a little humor along the way. Now, on to the disappointment. I attempt to switch it up from week to week between current events and politics, and then maybe more of a lighter, more humorous topic. This brings us to episode two. When can I get the hell out of here? Now, you could think that to be a serious topic related to COVID or 2020 in general, but today's topic is a little lighter, and I think pretty funny because, well, I cannot make this shit up. Today, I explore the ass-chapping issue of getting caught in a conversation you can't escape. First, let's remove the scenario of being stuck in a company meeting. I mean, let's face it, you're forced to stay there or on Zoom call these days. And a quick public awareness memo on Zoom meetings. If the camera is on, so must be your pants. Stop ruining it for the rest of us, you jerks. So in those corporate settings, someone always goes over the time allotted with no apparent respect for anyone else's, shows up late without an apology, meetings that are so well organized that you have no idea why you are there, what you were supposed to bring to the meeting, and then as it ends, you have no idea what to take away from it. Oh, And thanks for this meeting, by the way, that seemed to be a preemptive strike meeting for another meeting to discuss how this meeting didn't need to be a meeting. Fantastic. Anyway, we can probably dedicate an entire episode to just corporate meetings and logistics. Maybe someday. Moving on. Let's think of how you get stuck in these conversations and why you stay in them. Notice I didn't mention how to get out of them, because I really don't think you can. The other person has to wear down and surrender, basically, at some point. That's really the only way out. But to be safe, you want to make sure they don't have anything in their possession that would allow them to stay longer than would be normal for a human being, such as colostomy bag, an extra-large Tervis or Yeti, crossword puzzle book, Rubik's Cube, maybe a tent, more than just one cigarette that's hanging out of their mouth, like they've got a full pack and a Zippo ready to go, that means they're committed. Nail clippers. If they have any one of these things, you may need to cut ties and run. Multiple items? You may have to leave your friends behind. You can always get new ones. So let's talk about the types of conversations that you don't want to get stuck in. Like, is the conversation merely a lecture? Do you think it's an off-the-clock therapy session? And if it is, are you confused as to whether you're supposed to be the doctor or the patient in that scenario? Does the conversation lack alcohol? Does the conversation include too much alcohol? Yes, there is such a thing. Is it an all-out pity party? You often don't wonder why you stay in those conversations until after they're over. 
Because let's face it, if you could do it in the moment, then and there, you probably would have figured out the danger ahead and gotten Will Robinson out of there. So, you know, why do I stay in these conversations? Do I stay out of fear, out of respect, out of empathy, which is actually a very positive subject, and we're not going to cover that today. Am I afraid that I might urinate on myself if I cannot leave the conversation? Yes, I am. That's happened before. You know, in a two-person conversation, can I make an Irish goodbye? Nope. How, how can I continue to read the book I was really engrossed in? Can't do it. What if I'm on a plane and can't go anywhere without risking the lives of virtually everybody on board just because I have a hankering for a seat out on the wing? What if the conversation has already crossed the threshold of personal details that I want to hear no more of? But I certainly am not going to try to make that person feel better by offering up my own personal details. That is not going to happen. Here's one that I often wrestle with. Am I good enough of an on-the-spot bullshit artist to make them want to end the conversation early? The answer is, yes, I actually think I'm that good. But sometimes the offender is so out of the ordinary, so holy shit, tinfoil, hat-wearing, Elvis is my uncle and he's right over there, can't you see him type of person. That happens, I may just end up sitting there with no answer, no response, instead wishing I was on board a trans-American flight to Chicago in the pouring rain. Yes, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. I need to stop amphetamines this week. I need to stop sniffing glue, any of that. It can be bad. So I'm going to unpack the latest conversation that I could not get out of. I'm not going to reveal names or other specifics. And yes, she revealed a lot of them. Full name, I believe that if I made a recording of the conversation, I could probably get pretty much all of her passwords on her email, her bank accounts, etc. So anyway, our family rented a condo kind of last minute over Thanksgiving. And we've all, obviously, we've all been stuck in the same spot for a very long time. You know, everybody needs a change of scenery from time to time. We've been needing one for a while. Now, that change of scenery it turned out to be quite the foreboding for the conversation I'm going to talk about here with you. So one morning, I'm setting up to kind of have some coffee, read a book, just chill out in the morning. It's a beautiful sun. There's this shared deck walkway patio thing outside the front door of the condo unit that we're in couple stories. And, you know, I can't be more than a couple sips into my coffee. And I know that it was only a couple sips because I had to heat up virtually an entire cup of coffee after I finally made it back inside. But anyway, this woman comes up to me, you know, kept socially distanced. She puts her kind of speaks into her sweater or robe or something. She's got like two bathrobes and a sweater and they're these ties going everywhere. I'm not really sure what's going on. Slippers for sure, but big fat ones. And, you know, she puts her mouth in her bathrobe or sweater or whatever. And she says, 
Sorry, I don't, I don't have the COVID or nothing. Okay. She just says, can I, can I ask you something? I said, sure. So we're staying below the condo next to yours. And, oh, you guys are so quiet, by the way. I can't tell you. Okay. These guys have a five-year-old kid, and he won't stop stomping and banging around and yelling and all sorts of stuff. And then they're yelling at him, and then he throws a fit, and then it all starts over again. And I think it stopped, but then it goes on. Do you think I ought to say something to them? And I say, you know, I really haven't heard anything from them. Oh, well, that's because you don't hear it from side to side. You only hear it topped down. Okay. And she's like, you know what? My husband came up here earlier. My daughter came up here earlier. They didn't want to send me because I'm the mean one, you know? I mean, look at me. And I, you know, um, no, I, now I'm afraid to look at you. What, what am I supposed to confirm that you look like the mean one? I don't think I'm going to do that because I have no idea what you have inside your robes. So she says, why do I have to come up here? I mean, I am 51 years old. Um, okay, could have, probably could have fooled me, to be honest. And I had stress turning 50 and gained some weight. But with this COVID, woo, I have had a lot of stress and lost a lot of weight, like 50 pounds probably. Well, only about 15 pounds since September. And then she pauses and she kind of, you know, half plays with her cigarette that's half stubbed out at this point. She's looking to finish it sometime soon, I'm hoping. Maybe she'll step down to the parking lot and finish that cigarette. In the meantime, I will run back inside and lock the door. No, she just waved it around a little bit. And I noticed that it was a Winston because I really didn't want to look into her eyes after the last mean comment. So I really stared at what kind of cigarette that was. It was a Winston. So she continues. Oh, boy, September the 6th. Oh, I had a big old grease fire in my kitchen, and I'm a cook. And she kind of smiles or laughs a little bit, like, um, did you intentionally burn down? I'm not going to go there. She kind of says, well, what? that's why I'm staying in this condo here. You know, I haven't lived in an apartment since college, probably, with all girlfriends and boyfriends and stuff, you know. My husband, he's never lived in an apartment. He's always had a house. He's all fancy. So anyway, my brother is police chief in the town that I live in, and he used to be the assistant fire chief. Well, he was off shift cooking stuff for people, too. And he heard my address on his scanner, and he came running out to get me. Well, anyway, in the kitchen, the way the grease fire happened, the stove, the entire thing, literally burned all the way through the floor. And she makes this huge hand motion, arm motion, top, like her whole body was involved, telling me that it went from up here to down there. And it says, oh, no, no, not the stove. The microwave caught fire first, and then that smashed down to the stove, and then that went through the floor does the same arm motion wildly again. And I'm getting a little concerned. Her arms are starting to get within my six feet zone here. And then she says, oh, and then the air fryer that was on the counter next to the stove. Oh, I was fixing to make some really good potatoes in that. 
Well, that burned into the ground too. So the heat went from my kitchen down like 50 yards into the living room. She stops. Well, 50, yeah, 50 yards into my living room. And I'm like, you, okay, so you said that, you caught yourself saying it, and then you basically doubled down. Reminds me of somebody that's in the news fairly frequently. So, yeah, you don't know numbers, ma'am, or, you know, math, or I'm not sure what that is, just a recognition of reality. Yeah, you're not grasping that. So she continues on. You know, we, we just got done remodeling our house, and now this happens. You know, the insurance company's putting us up, though. And I said, well, that's good, at least. She disagreed with me. Well, not with this crap going on every day with these kids and all this stuff. Oh, and my dog, I'm like, what? what? Dog, what? My dog, she's all foo-foo now. She's not like my old dog, though. My old dog, wow, he was so smart. He would like chew through the vinyl siding to get out of my house. Um, um, I, I don't know if I need help at this point to call, I don't know, animal service protective. I don't know. I'm a little concerned trying to see if where my phone is at this point in time. I think it's across the table. I could not reach out across it because then that would be super rude probably. At least I'm thinking that she would think so. And I'm not really in the position to go grab my phone. I, I think it would be way too rude and I'm not going to risk it at this point. So I let her continue. And she said, you know, he would go like through the fence And so we put a a chain link pen, you know, one of those six foot by six foot pens in the yard. He chewed through that and then he jumped the chain link fence. And then he would get out and he would go to the hot dog stand. They'd give him hot dogs. He'd go around to all the construction sites. All the workers would love him. They'd give him bites of sandwiches. They'd pet him and then he'd go on his merry way. And then he would get all the way down to my mother's office and he'd knock on the door And even if she wasn't there, the ladies inside would let him in and he would go right back to her desk and she'd sit there. If she was there or not, didn't matter. Well, a lot of times he would be there so long that the workers would have to call my mother and say, hey, you got to come get your grand dog out of here. And the people in that town have written me so many tickets for the dog being loose, you know, but I paid them all though, because I know a small town needs its revenue, but... This one time, and I'm going to myself, I, this, what do you mean this one time? That was, wasn't that the one time? Why is there another one time? How many one times are there? I'm thinking in my head. This one time we had this huge storm and he chewed through the fence again. She puts this big, big, big cigarette inhale face on her face without a cigarette. I don't know what she's doing. I think she's turning green a little bit, but I'm, maybe I'm just overdoing it here at this point. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm fact-finding. I'm soul-searching. I'm doing a lot of things here at the same time, and I don't know where my emotions are at right now at this point. I'm thinking she's tiring out, and she goes, nope. And his teeth, his teeth were these little nubs because he was always chewing through everything, you know? Yep, you just told me. And he did, got out again, and you know what? You know where he went in that storm? Um... Well, 
seeing that your mother's was the only place you've told me he's gone. Your mother's? No, no. Why would he go there? He didn't go to my mother's. And I'm sitting there to myself thinking, I, I, I can't record this on my phone. I don't have an eidetic memory. I, don't, I can't remember everything. I am really trying. But in this situation, I actually felt the need to pay attention. Like I, I had to. I had to stay alert. I thought that possibly I might be asked by somebody in, let's say, a uniform with a little badge on it. Maybe to provide a statement as to what I might have heard that day. You know, what kind of mood was this person in? Would you say she... I I just thought that. So I really was trying to pay as much attention as I could. So anyway, back to the dog running off in the storm. And she says, there's no way it could have been her mother's. Why would I think that? Not sure if she had other conversations in the meantime. But she said, no, 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 no. With this creepy little smile. He went to the Red Cross trailer to see if he could help. Isn't that smart? And she waited, and I, I, I really couldn't answer because I couldn't say what I thought, which was, I believe your dog went to that trailer to get help, not to offer it. But I just kind of nodded and let her carry on. Well, anyway, they put him in the concrete box that night, and they wouldn't let me get him out until the morning. I already paid all the tickets. So I, I'm thinking, like, there are a lot of war movies that I've seen that I've heard concrete boxes in the box. In the co- is the concrete box the pound? I, I'm thinking it probably is, unless there's something really shady going on in that town that she's from. But I'm also a little scared that she has nicknames for the pound. Like, she's way too familiar with it. Right. Oh, so then I had to stay at my great aunt's house because she's right down the street from the pound. Okay. And she's got a nice house that I fixed up over the years, you know. And I, I'd stay there, but she's got renters for say, Thanksgiving. And then my brother-in-law, he's got a condo, and I manage that property. But I can't stay there either because he's got renters. And I actually make money off of that. So couldn't live there either. So really, between the insurance money and fixing up our house and on the renters of the properties, it's not too bad, I guess. I, I thought that's what I said earlier, but you said no. And the dog, oh man, our dog now, little foo-foo dog, she gets the real good food that we're here at the beach. Like, what, what does she get? And what does she normally get? Um, so anyway, do you think I should say something to the people next door to you? Because I can't sleep and my 17 year old daughter can't concentrate on her schoolwork and she is not taking easy courses either, by the way. Oh man. I remember when I was eight months pregnant with her back 17 years ago. Wow. That, okay. You are good at math. And we lived in this little mill house, you know, and and back then I would cater and I would cook chicken in my little mill house out on the deck or whatever. And I had to cook 250 pieces of chicken for a wedding. And my feet and my ankles were swollen and it was tough cooking for that many people. But that was back in 2003. Yep, I'm pretty good with the math too. And my husband worked and then he got laid off. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, here it comes. 
And I told him, you got to find a job. If you find a job here, that's fine. But if not, we got to move back down to the beach where my mama lives. And then we can have insurance because I need to have insurance with this baby coming. So that was my last wedding I catered. Oh, okay. I, no, you know, now that I think about it, I actually did ask you, hey, when was the last wedding you catered? Oh, she goes on without missing a beat. You know, and my daughter, she is a good kid. That first time letting her go in a car by herself at 16, though? Oh, boy. You got kids? I, I do. How old are they? Oh, man. I, now I got to provide details. Simple yes, no answer. And then I got to provide details. You know, I, I give her the answer, obviously. I can't say that they're 49 and 12. Um, so... Give her that answer. And it's, oh, okay, well, you know, I was going to offer my daughter to watch these people's son here, like outside with my dog or something, let him run around. You know, don't, don't you think his parents would like a break from him too? And then we could all get some rest around here. And I said, I, I don't know how I'd feel about a stranger watching my kid that's only five, went on vacation, and then... All of you have been complaining about them necessarily. I don't know how I would approach that. I didn't say the complaining part because I'm not stupid. But she did view COVID as a possible, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm not going to bother that. That's kind of a little, little weird. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. And then all of a sudden, she just goes, well, thanks so much for talking me out of saying something to them. That could have gotten really awkward. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure if you know what the word awkward means, but it's happening right here and now. She goes, so listen, if you ever need anything while you're here, how long are you here till? Oh, God, Sunday? If you need anything, you go ahead and stop by. We're right downstairs, right down there. And if you knock and we don't answer right away, you don't worry about it. You keep knocking. And I'm like, um, oh, no, no, I'm not going to knock or persistently knock because, yeah, I'm not sure who's going to come to the door and how many robes or not many robes. I'm not, no, I'm not going to be answering. I will look it up on my phone. Thank you very much. And about five minutes later, I didn't cover the last five minutes, but took another five minutes for her to be on her merry way. She went downstairs, had her cigarette. As I figured, um, I stayed a little bit just to make sure that it didn't seem like I was running away from her. But I got back inside. I, you know, I took a little sip of my coffee. I'm like, oh God. All right, I'll microwave it. Did that. Bookmark in the in the book in the same place. Hadn't moved. So after I went inside and sat down and had a new hot cup of coffee. I just felt this need to write down as many notes as I possibly could. Because for me, this was like a once-in-a-lifetime encounter. It was off the hook. So I feverishly hacked away at it in my phone, put notes down. And I think generally I'm a pretty creative and fairly witty guy, but something like this, 
I, there's no way I could make this up. I, I had to experience it to go, hey, you know what? Have you ever heard of a lady and their dog and the first, no, like, no, I have not. Um, so needless to say, after that, I really tried to listen to noises next door. I heard none. I don't know if anybody was actually staying there, to be quite honest. And so half of me thought if I woke up, I might be in an episode of the Twilight Zone or on board some alien spacecraft or something. Like I just got tagged by their leader and now I'm being hauled away. But I was able to come back and share this story with all of you. So back to one of my goals for this podcast and all podcasts, right? Making whatever it is I'm trying to tackle less ass chappy. On this particular topic, um, well, this conversation anyway, uh, it was an epic fail. So I really am at a loss for solving it. There's no way I had this easy way out of it, but it is what it is. And I'm glad to have actually experienced it and then share it with you. So thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show when you get a chance. It helps me to reach more listeners in their searches. Do you love the show? Let me know and share the podcast with every single person you know. Bust into their phones, subscribe for them. And if you hate it, well, you might as well take a number and get in line. But in all seriousness, I do appreciate your listening, and I always welcome all critique at any time. Until next week.